Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. Today, I will be speaking with Brett J. Ehrman, MD, MS, about the article, Hypertension and Health Outcomes in the PICU, published in the June 2014 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Dr. Ehrman is beginning his residency in internal medicine at the New York Presbyterian Hospital in New York City, but at the time of this project, he was a researcher in the Division of Pediatric Nephrology at the C.S. Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He received his medical degree and master's degree in clinical research from the University of Michigan. This study represents the first detailed effort to characterize hypertension and its significance in critically ill children. It suggests a validated definition for hypertension in the pediatric intensive care unit, and by using this definition, finds that hypertension is common and independently associated with acute kidney injury and PICU length of stay. Thank you for joining us today, Brett. Thanks for having me, Margaret. So tell me why your group considered it important to examine hypertension in critically ill children. Yeah, so the burden and significance of pediatric hypertension is obviously well-known in the outpatient setting, but it's characterized less in patients. So a prior study that we conducted using a national database found that hospitalized children who carried a discharge diagnosis of hypertension had significantly longer length of stay, greater hospital charges, and a a more frequent diagnosis of end-stage renal disease. Uh, And so this project builds on that because little is known about the prevalence and significance of hypertension in critically ill children. That prior study was among general inpatients. And the reason for this is probably because there's not a validated definition that exists in the critical care environment for children. So we use an institutional database uh, of children admitted to our PICU, and our uh, project focused on developing a definition of hypertension, and we use the definition that we found to estimate the prevalence and clinical significance of hypertension in the PICU. So how did you go about developing a definition for hypertension? Well, we first suggested five major criteria that we thought should be integrated into a definition. And there were two choices embedded within each criterion. So the criteria were age and sex standardized percentile cutoffs for elevated blood pressure readings. And the choices in that category were either the 95th or the 99th plus five millimeters of mercury. The other criteria were number of elevated readings, so at least three or at least five, and the duration of these elevated readings, so one day or two days. And then we had two binary criteria, the initiation or dose escalation of antihypertensives, so yes versus not including these medications in the definition, and the presence of an ICD-9 code for hypertension versus not including the diagnosis codes in the definition. So using these combinations of the various criteria, we developed a matrix of 24 potential definitions, and we randomly selected a cohort of test patients that underwent blinded medical record review to determine if they experienced clinically significant hypertension during their PICU stay. And each of the definitions were applied to this test cohort, and the best definition was selected on a hierarchical basis of sensitivity, specificity, and then simplicity. So you took blood pressures that were uh, documented in the medical record. What about children who had pain or were irritable at the time that their blood pressure was taken? What did you do with that? 
So the readings that were recorded when patients were in significant pain or were irritable, uh, which we defined as requiring either an initiation or dose escalation of opiate therapy or a face, legs, activity, cry, consolability score greater than five were actually excluded. So we try to um, address that potential shortcoming. What about the use of corticosteroids or other medications that can cause or exacerbate hypertension? Did you include that in your evaluation? We didn't overtly exclude corticosteroids uh, in this particular study. So when you went through all of this massive amount of data and uh, these many different potential definitions for hypertension, um, what did you come up with as the best definition for hypertension in the um, pediatric ICU? So we found that a definition of at least three systolic and or diastolic readings above the standardized 99th percentiles over the course of a day was highly accurate compared to the gold standard of clinically significant hypertension by blinded medical record review. And that particular definition had 94% sensitivity and 87% specificity. And so using that definition, we found that the prevalence of hypertension was 25% among the 1,215 children in our cohort. And even after adjusting for severity of illness and other confounding factors, hypertensive children had almost three times greater odds of experiencing acute kidney injury and stayed an average of a day and a half longer than their non-hypertensive counterparts. Even if the hypertension was not treated? That's, that's correct. So we did do some sensitivity analyses that looked at treated versus untreated hypertension, and those results were not actually reported in the final publication. So this was all comers with hypertension. Okay. And we also found that mortality was rare in our cohort with zero in the normotensive group and three in the hypertensive group. And a likely reason for the small numbers was that we excluded neonates and patient re- patients requiring pressors for the reason that since although pressors may obviously normalize uh, hypotensive blood pressures, it would be misleading to consider that these severely ill children had uh, normal tension. And so the children that we excluded would therefore be expected to have much higher mortality rates. And that's why the reported rates were significantly lower than you would expect in the general picking population. So hypertension is really very common in the pediatric ICU. So what do you think is the clinical relevance of your research and you know, where do you go from here? What's, what other studies need to be done? Mm-hmm. So uh, this, this is obviously one study in a specific patient population and we used a single center database. So uh, similar studies should, of course, be uh, conducted to try to replicate these findings before we can draw more definitive conclusions. But if replicated, I think that our work suggests that hypertension, firstly, is alarmingly common in critically ill children and associated with adverse clinical outcomes such as acute kidney injury and longer length of stay, independent of other markers of severity of illness. And I would just note that an important limitation of our study is that the relationship between hypertension and acute kidney injury was bidirectional, as some may predict, meaning that patients often developed acute kidney injury followed by hypertension, uh, although it did happen both ways. And it's important to note that the hypertensive patients 
experienced longer length of stay, even after controlling for acute kidney injury and other severity of illness markers, suggesting an independent contribution of hypertension to their overall illness. Future studies, they can compare hypertension, hypotension, and normal tension to see if there's a presence of a J-shaped curve in the relationship between blood pressure and negative outcomes in critically ill children, since, as I had mentioned, we excluded hypotensive children in our study. And other possible future directions may include a detailed evaluation of the costs associated with the hypertension, as well as potential prospective analyses that look into the long-term consequences of hypertension and the benefit of treatment. And another important area would be to follow the children who sustain AKI and examine the extent to which they may be predisposed to hypertension and chronic kidney disease, and some of this work is already underway. Yeah, I think your point about the J-shaped curve and the benefit of treatment of hypertension in the PICU is an important one. Um, If 25% of our patients have hypertension for at least one day, um, does that mean we should be treating them Does that make a difference? Or if they have one day of hypertension, even though they may be in the PICU a little longer, what does that really mean in the the big picture? So I think some of the studies that you've outlined um, really will be important to follow. Certainly, acute kidney injury is an obvious one, but even those kids that have a day or two of hypertension without the kidney injury, do those kids have long-term consequences or longer PICU stay or other adverse effects that we need to be thinking about more? Right. So you completed this project as a pre-doctoral trainee in the Master of Science in Clinical Research program at the University of Michigan. This is an intensive year out from medical school, which is funded by the NIH Clinical and Translational Science Award. Tell us about that experience. What, what, what were the most valuable aspects of this experience for you? Yes. So it, as you'd mentioned, it's a year out program from medical school, and it's really composed of a classroom component and a hands-on research component. And the classroom training at the University of Michigan School of Public Health was excellent and, and comprised important building blocks for conducting research. But I think the most valuable learning experience was really the intensive hands-on research. And we were expected to take a project from proposal to manuscript within the course of a year, which is, needless to say, quite ambitious. So I learned to apply the, some of the skills I learned in a classroom and research methods But perhaps most importantly, I learned how to function as part of an efficient team and appreciation of each other's skill sets and and talents as obviously such a task would be impossible to do on one's own. And I think my experience really underscores the importance of great mentorship. And Dr. Debbie Gibson, who is my mentor, worked very hard to make herself accessible to help move the project along in the face of deadlines and was an advocate really throughout the whole process. And so I think I've really honed in on what I look for in a research mentor, uh, you know, currently and in the future, and that's really a combination of passion, advocacy, and accessibility. I think you have nailed three very important points. Uh, Do you have any final comments you'd like to make? Well, I just want to express my appreciation, first of all, to you, Margaret, and the Society of Critical Care Medicine as well as uh, the University of Michigan, the NIH, 
the Michigan Institute for Clinical and Health Research, and, of course, Dr. Debbie Gibson and the rest of my research group. Well, thank you very much for talking with us today, Brett, and I uh, wish you the best with your internship and the rest of your career. Thank you, Margaret. We have been talking today with Dr. Brett Ehrman about the article, Hypertension and Health Outcomes in the PICU, published in the June 2014 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes another edition of the iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret Parker. Mark your calendar and join more than 6,000 members of the critical care community in the Valley of the Sun for SCCM's 44th Critical Care Congress to be held January 17th to 21st, 2015 in Phoenix, Arizona, USA. Visit www.sccm.org congress to register and for more information. Margaret Parker, MD, FCCM serves as an associate editor for the iCritical Care Podcasts. Dr. Parker is professor of pediatrics at Stony Brook University in New York and is the director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook University Medical Center. A former president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Dr. Parker is involved in quality improvement and standardization of care in the pediatric ICU, as well as resident education. Her clinical interests include severe sepsis and septic shock in children. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.